Hello, listeners. Welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. Spiritual musings, sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Welcome back, dear listeners. Hi. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Laura. How are you? Hi. You guys might have noticed we've already skipped a week. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. Good. Yeah, I can't even remember how how that happened. Something didn't work. Oh, I remember now. It was Heckers. We started recording and then phone calls happened and we just couldn't get back to it. Yeah, just a few life distractions happening that took precedence and priority and um, we're human and we just couldn't do it. Um, Which I feel like is... I think we, we got about 10 minutes into it. We did. And it wasn't too bad, actually. We were we were vibing. We were ready to go, and then um, <laughs> we were <laughs> the the phone call that made my ass fall out of myself, <laughs> and it kind of derailed it, and we just never pulled back. But I think that it's um, quite interesting how that happens when we have perfectly aligned and lined up today's topic for um, which was meant to be last week's episode, which is now this week's episode. Um, which is, um, you know, self-acceptance, self-care and compassion uh, and really just nutting that out from a superficial level and a easy-to-digest societal level compared to a spiritual deep level and all of the ins and outs and the, 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 all the opposite ends of all of that discussion. And so I'm really excited about yeah. having that discussion. Yeah, same, because... Like you said, there's lots of surface level sort of fluffier chat everywhere Um, and we know lots of listeners like going deep and we like going deep and um, we have opinions. (laughs) So that's what we're here for, to (laughs) have a little chat about everything in between. That's it. And uh, I think that it's coming at a good time as well in terms of um, those who are feeling like they've got plenty of energy or enough vitality and are actually thriving through or at least, you know, surviving in a, in a, in a way that isn't too affected by the current situation that we're facing um, here, especially in East Coast of Australia. Um, but worldwide, I know that it's not just us that's affected, but um for those of you, our listeners, who have the energy and the inclination and the desire to want to go deeper and not just go through survival mode and stick with the basics and stick with the surface level and just go by um, just positive talk and following positive conversations, um, but use this time actually as a window of opportunity to go deeper um, then that's what I think this episode is about and I hope that um, at the end of it that it actually brings something that is of use for you for for those who have the energy to want to go deeper but also for those who have been just surviving on the surface level. Maybe it's, maybe it's time to honour yourself and love yourself a little bit more by challenging yourself to go a little bit deeper. Well, who knows? Yep. And exactly, everyone's on that spectrum like we often refer to. Everyone's somewhere along the line of of doing that for themselves if they want to. And I think quite often the listeners of this podcast, well, the emails that we receive are quite often encouraging and bringing on the deeper chats. Yeah, so, which I love. That's cool. And you know that because yeah. Yeah. it's challenging status quo and it is um, hopefully being a voice and voices that – um, bring thought leader type stuff and conversation to everyone where everyone's craving it. And if it's there, people will listen to it. It's the fact that there's not a lot of it there or people can't find it because it's down rabbit holes or it's too exclusive or 
Um, you just yeah. don't have the connections to get yourself there. So I love that our little podcast, um, which did you see our emails this week? We got an email from Apple Charts letting us know that we have very mm-hmm. comfortably sat in the top 100 of Australia's charts and oh, we're wow. sitting at number 77 in nice. the top 100 so that is that is a milestone that is a that is an effort to um celebrate you know when you get an official yeah. email from apple charts saying hey congratulations um, oh wow i did yeah. not know that <laughs> that's mm-hmm. lovely um yay so i love that our little indie little podcast over here can um bring those deep dives and bring those conversations and bring those concepts and um deep dive and not be fluff um and i and love thanks that thanks to our listeners that are tuning in and obviously they're here for it too well they're the ones that prompt us to keep going with it and prompt us and encourage us and yep. motivate us to stick with it and to keep doing it our way for them you know like it's not just us that sit here and um create this content for us and have these chats for us it's for everybody else that um like we're just so grateful and I feel so heard and accepted and I feel like in our listeners um, I have people that accept me for who I am and embrace who I am and and that's beautiful for someone yeah. like me because that's very it's, I'm very easily misunderstood. So I love that our listeners just yeah. love listening to me ramble on on my tangents and all that kind of stuff. Um, and season three is much more about that and going deeper and um, just really challenging um, the the fluffy stuff that all other podcasts and people talk about. Um, I want to be talking about things that nobody's talking about or going deeper and not being afraid to do that. And, you know, sometimes there's some trigger warnings, I think, associated with that and definitely some explicit language warnings, but um, I'm here for it. And (laughs) I think it's what the world needs. And I, and I'm not going to disrespect or, um, you know, um, discount, everyone's intelligence and everyone's willingness to want to deep dive you know like I find that when you listen to certain people speak um and it does stay very surface level and while it's amazingly motivational and inspirational and trust me like I hear it all day every day in the circles that I spend time in um in terms of podcasts and public speaking and in clubhouse and there are so many people out there and it's amazing how motivational they are and inspirational they are um and there are huge numbers thousands and thousands of people hundreds and thousands of people who listen to these people speak and it does a lot for them um but all i know is that if i wanted to be doing that i could be doing that very easily i could I could be there doing that and I don't want to. It's it's kind of not where I want to be. I'm happy to sit with an audience that is niche, that is ready, that wants to go deep and doesn't just look for the motivational, the inspirational, but rather looks for the intelligence and the knowledge and the wisdom and the growth and the depth and the, the exploration and the curiosity. And it doesn't need to be that everything that we say on TOSP is gospel, but I just love that our listeners are curious and want to listen and want to hear and want to discuss, which I love to do because what I say isn't the highway, you know, it's, I love nothing more than a healthy discussion and chat about things. And um, yeah, so I feel that season three is definitely going to bring that. I know that I'm stepping into that space where I'm not going to settle for not bringing anything less than that. Um, and if you're joining us like right in now in season three, then I really suggest that you listen to season one and season two, because, um, it's going to set up the foundation for you to know who I am and who Larry is and who we are together and what we stand for and what we want to do and our message in terms of TOSP and, um, and the Turns Out Network. Um, and I think that to be able to swallow and for me to be palatable, especially because everybody loves Laura. Laura is easy to digest and she's very palatable. You're so funny. Um, But to be able to have me be palatable and be, you know, digestible, it's best that you do listen to season one and season two to get where I'm coming from because I'm a softie. Like I, I'm, I'm a very emotional, sensitive person. It's just that, 
um, I come across as a straight shooter and I can be misunderstood. So if you're joining us at season three, you're probably definitely going to misunderstand me at least. Um, so listening to season one and season two, I think you get a better <laughs> idea of who I am. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree there, but I think, I don't know, the way you described yourself just then, you're a little bit too hard on yourself. We all love you. I adore you and I love your um, perspective. The thing is, um, and like you're alluding to with some of the other um, podcasts or, you know, self-improvement or spirituality sort of genre um, shows, are a lot of them are mainstream and a lot of them are owned by um larger networks that sort of sensitise um, what, what can be said and, and filter how far people can go. But because it's ours, we're completely self-funded. We're not making money from this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can say whatever we want. And like you said, whatever we say isn't gospel. We're not, we're not after people to, you know, agree with absolutely everything we say. We're here to start conversations and offer a point of view and perspective. So, and I think that's what lots of our wonderful listeners listen to us for because, yeah, um, it's a spirituality podcast and, yeah, it's um, all about self-improvement and self-knowledge and all of that sort of stuff. But that's not... um, that's not always easy and that's not always pretty and that's what makes me sort of giggle a little bit when people call it fluffy or woo-woo and I'm like, it's so not. It's actually really tough. <laughs> it's very real. It's just real stuff. It's it's real life. And I think that's what's good about today's topic. You know, at first glance it's um, what is self-acceptance and what is compassion, you know, or self-compassion and that sort of thing. And it sounds really light, but actually to truly embrace that for yourself is is a lifetime's work for some people. Some people never get there and some people really struggle with how do I do that more than saying, um, oh, I'm going to go have my nails done once a month or, you know, that sort of thing. That's not what it is. That that could be a gateway. That could be a start into showing yourself you're a priority. And absolutely, um, when I had a fair bit of counselling a couple of years ago to try and work on these exact areas, because it was very obvious that I was not making myself a priority at all, I really did start at the baby steps. I really did sit there and make a plan with a counsellor that I will get up and the first few minutes of every day will just be spent on myself, actually just making myself a cup of tea and sitting there and drinking it. That was one thing so basic that I just did for myself and if my kids were to wake up and demand breakfast, I would have to sit there and go, no, mummy's having a cup of tea right now and I'll get that for you but I'm going to finish my tea first. And that was like, it sounds so minor, but it was such a uh, token of prioritising my own needs first. Yeah, and you bring up a really, you bring up many great points as usual, but that was um, a really great example and point in, in like case in point in terms of um, what you're doing right there is self-care, but it's it's almost um, more of a psychological and mindful self-care as opposed to a spiritual self-care at its core. Like it, it is very surface, yet at that point, because you're so desperate for self-care, it is exactly what you need to do. Um, and yep, so there's so many, yeah, there's so many different levels of self-care and that is at, that is at, at the minimum what we need to be doing is to be taking time out for ourselves. And, and that, um, that when it comes to the spiritual aspect of self-care, that is, that is the basics, that is the fluff. And at I think the time, that's what has to come first, right? Yeah, but at the time it doesn't feel like fluff. At the time it feels like a lifesaver. At the time it feels like this is what I need to be doing just to survive and to feel normal and to function and to keep going. Um, but when, you're, when your human experience is, um, is supported and strong enough to not need to really just go to the basics of self-care, um, and mindfulness care and, you know, mental and emotional care and physical care, um, when it comes to spiritual care, uh, 
self-acceptance and self-love is a very radically different um it's it's a different practical um manifestation of of those practices you know the the way that um we that a spiritual a person with a very strong spiritual relationship and faith um the the time that that we that we um you know take five minutes out of the morning of the day to make myself a cup of tea and sit down like you were talking about and to have that second just to have a nice shower or to go and stand outside and take a few deep breaths or whatever it is that is like um, that's a, at, at the point of doing spiritual self-love and self-acceptance and self-care that is, has been a non-negotiable for a really long time. And you yep. really, you really can't have that. You, it's impossible. Like it really is impossible to have a spiritual aspect of self-acceptance and self-care. Um, if you don't already have your human self-care down pat. And I think that the fluffy stuff um, and the fun stuff and the, the very feminine natured stuff, um, is, is mostly the human side and a lot of people enjoy it and it feels good. So they love it and they stay there and they don't feel stay the need there. to go deeper yep. because it feels good. It feels loving. Of course it it does. feels yep. kind. It raises your vibration. It works. It does amazing things for your heart, mind and body and soul. But it's not expansion and it's not growth. It is just remembering what you're worthy of. It's just expressing self-worth. And And that is a lesson in itself. Absolutely. Um, But treating yourself like you're worthy is not the same thing as self-acceptance and self-love and expansion. They're, they're, they're completely different things. They have different words they're and they have different, different meanings. Things. They are. Yeah. 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 I love that. And that's what we're here for, to break it down. Mm. And, you know, before we were chatting about what this episode was going to be about and you were saying, you know, um, that um, you always find it interesting, that battle, that conflict, that juxtaposition between needing to be in self-acceptance but then also from a spiritual perspective want to grow and do more and be more and and experience more and go deeper with that and expand but then if I accept where I am why would I what would make me want to go further and why do I need to go further when I'm supposed to be accepting that I'm perfect just the way that I am just the way you are that's it yeah you often hear that sort of conflicting um, yeah, of, you know, accepting where you are is where exactly you're supposed to be at any given time and that's, you know, that's perfect, you know, all of that as opposed to wake up and grow and expand and reach your potential. So that's what a good chat would be about. I reckon it would be worthwhile to explore that a bit and dig around in there. Well, that's when it comes down to understanding perfection, and so perfection changes by the millisecond. So accepting that right here, right now is exactly where you're supposed to be. And right here, right now, you are perfectly, imperfectly perfect. Um, I was going to say, what does perfect even exactly. mean? There is, is there such a thing? Yeah. Correct. And so I really, really dislike and I cringe when I hear you're perfect just the way you are. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that it is bullshit. It sounds very Disney. It does. Very and I think Hollywood. I think the intention behind it is beautiful. I really yep. do. I think that the you know, the intention behind the person that is saying to whoever they're saying it to, that they mean well, and it's very loving and very kind, but it can be very dangerous to to say that and to um, use that language when the person that you're saying it to, what you're doing in some ways is a few things. One of the things is that you've just set a standard for that person to think that, that 
the way that I am right now is perfect and I don't need to be more or do more or have more or want more and that what I have right here right now should be enough for me but what if at some kind of moment in time in the future they feel that that this standard of perfection is not enough for them and then in comes guilt and in comes self-sabotage and in comes the self-talk and in comes the self-worth issues so yeah. that word of perfect is a word that I very rarely say like apart from you know certain things that are in my opinion, like the sun and the moon and the weather, anything that is mother nature created is perfect to me. Anything outside of that, it just doesn't have the ability to be perfect. It doesn't, it doesn't, it is not a something that can be subjected to the, um, the very, um, the very personalized and time, based idea of perfection nothing can be called perfect or judged as perfect because it is an individual experience and um to accept well, you that said it just there yeah it's yeah. judged mm-hmm. it's it's you know inferring that somebody else has an has an ability to judge anything yeah whether it, it comes from yeah and whether it comes that judgment from a place of love and well intention yeah. doesn't matter yeah. it's still a judgment it's still, it's still judgment exactly. and that in itself is enough to uh, a good concept to wrap one's head around when you're talking about judgment um, it comes in positive ways as well as negative ways 100% it's still judging yeah yes. yeah, yeah. Um, and when it comes down to thinking about you're perfect just the way that you are and just accept yourself, absolutely accept yourself. But when it comes to, um, I guess the, the, the concept that I want our listeners to, to sit with and see whether or not it's something that they, that they, that it helps them understand and it helps them find some kind of clarity is that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. So even though we can't see that spiritual experience, we can feel it if we, if we train ourselves to, but just because the human experience is speaking the loudest and we can see it and it is in real time, it doesn't mean that we don't have this. This is only half of what is actually happening right now in 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 the greatest perspective of all. The human experience is like the yang. The yin is the spiritual experience. And if we get the yang experience, the human experience saying, you know, accept who I am, you know, I am, you know, perfect in my imperfections is probably the the best way you're ever going to hear me say it is that you're perfectly imperfect. Um, I prefer that. Yeah. Yeah. So if we, if we say that that's kind of the blanket that we're going to go with moving forward in this, in this concept. Yeah. Retraining our brain to say we're perfectly imperfect. Yeah. And so what that does is say, okay, so in my human experience, what I'm, what I'm believing is that, we are here to expand. So if we reach perfection, we die. Perfection like, doesn't exist. It doesn't. It's not a thing. It doesn't. Yeah. But perfection would translate across to being done, having done. achieved, having it's reached, having, yeah, having fully evolved and performed and fulfilled and, and actualized. For You're something. ticking yourself off the list. Yeah, and that's not what we want. We we don't want to strive for that. I, like I I never want to strive for perfection. It's and, and and what's really funny is well not funny but when you were saying how with your therapist and how it was a matter of being at that ground zero where you really needed to go straight to the basics because that's how desperate it was. Um, I needed to learn how to look after myself again in the life that I was living as a mom and a wife. Yeah, to be able to support yeah. your energy, to be able to feed yeah. your cup in the way that you were giving and receiving. and Yeah, in a sustainable way. Yeah. yeah, and to still be able to show up as a mom for your babies. 
Well, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. This was after my second. So yeah. I already had a, mm-hmm. a child that had just started school. And after I had my second one yeah. and I did lots of physio and that, and I learned I wasn't breathing properly. I didn't know how to walk properly. <laughs> I got like, told oh, by damn, a physio I, I wasn't breathing properly. <laughs> I can't even walk. I can't breathe. And now I don't know how to look after myself because I keep getting sick. I really was in all sorts. Oh. But um, it, it makes it sound really dramatic because it wasn't quite that dramatic you know I still had an amazing supportive family and a wonderful husband but it wasn't up to any of them to figure it out for me it was up to myself to figure out how to do it all Mm. and it's funny because that experience you know um you know it's quite public and I've spoken about it before in terms of my struggles with mental health issues and after I had Luca so my boys are two years and one day. So they're both days are one day apart and exactly two <laughs> years. And after I had Luca and everything that I went through with his birth, I knew I was suffering with PTSD, but I refused to acknowledge that it was called PTSD because I didn't want to be dramatic about it. Um, and I was convinced that it was, it was really just my depression on steroids. But Um, I remember being heavily um, involved in therapy at that stage too. And what I was doing was actually the opposite of what you were doing um, in a a sense. So I wasn't, you know, looking after myself in those soft, loving, kind, nurturing ways. Instead, I set myself this huge perfectionism, OCD perfectionism goal. And so my home had to look like a show home with a two-year-old and a newborn baby, I had to look like I was dressed in the latest trends. My babies had to be wearing like the brand labels and my car had to be immaculate inside and the pram had to look like it had just come out of a catalogue. And unfortunately, that's a part of um, my mental health in terms of when I'm not medicated, which at that point I wasn't because I had been breastfeeding and it wasn't okay for me to be taking those meds. Um, I, um, my, my brain just doesn't function at a healthy level. It functions at this OCD level where all I can think about is performing at the top level that I possibly can. And there's only a certain amount of physical human energy that can support that level of perfectionism. I didn't have enough energy to get out of my pajamas. Like even thinking about all of that makes me feel exhausted, especially my energy levels back then as a new mum. Even entertaining that thought would have been impossible for me. Yeah. (laughs) So it's really interesting to see how um, when your therapist says, you know, you need to take that time out to fill your cup, have a cup of tea, sit down, have a bath, have a shower, do what you need to do, take five. My therapist was telling me that I need to embrace imperfection and told me to go up to the shops and wear odd socks that were visible to people. And <laughs> I was so rattled by that um, that activity that she made me do that I left my baby in the car because I forgot about the baby You're in the distracted. car. I was so consumed by this trying to the anxiety that I had about not being perfect and what people would think and I am not like that but when I'm when my brain like my brain's broken and so when I I need a chemical in there to make it be functionally you know normal in rabbit ears (laughs) but when that chemical's not there I am not thinking in in a, in a healthy practical sense and in a rational way yeah. correct yeah in a very like it's a very irrational way of seeing yeah. it and yeah. um unfortunately there's kind of no way out because the opposite of that when you actually um come to a realization that you know that it's irrational you deep dive straight into a very dark depression where you want to take your own life and that's that they were the two extremes and there's nowhere in between it's like perfection OCD or I want to exit this world because everyone would be better off without me and wow um when it comes to radical 
self-acceptance at that point, it's, I'm not going to hear it. You in your state, you're not going to hear it because we're in survival mode. You yeah, know, it's, it's real time baby to, steps. Yeah, it's time to fight, flight or freeze. Not time to think about I'm perfect right here where I am. You know, we're not, we're not <laughs> going to be able to swallow that. That's just, that's just a, a pill that just, first of all, they don't sell it at the shop that we're going to at that point. And secondly, if they do, we're not seeing those labels because we're not, we're buying not looking. Yeah. No, we're not. We can't afford no. it and we're not buying it. We're interested. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the idea of um, when it comes down to the, the different levels of where we're looking at um, people grasping the concept of self-love and self-acceptance, um, it's really important to see that there are so many, um, there's a scale, you know, of, of the human self-acceptance and self-love and then there's a scale of the spiritual self-acceptance and self-love. And you can be anywhere on those scales at any time, but they are two very different, two very different things. And, um, you know, when it comes to the spiritual side of self-acceptance, it comes down to no judgment. And when it comes down to the spiritual side of self-love, one of the most loving things that you can do for yourself is accept so these are soul lessons, mm-hmm. not human lessons of expressing self-love and self-acceptance in a way that's nurturing and, um, you know, maternal and, and soft and feminine. Um, rather, self-acceptance and self-love in the spiritual sense is very masculine. Because, it's almost unfeeling, isn't it? Correct. There, there. It's a very um, black and white kind of concept of, um, yeah. Of, it, it's accepting that it's a black and white concept of acceptance. Of observing it without judgment or or feeling without that emotion, which is of, masculine. Yeah. 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 Um, as my husband always likes to say, it is what it is. <laughs> Drives well, me crazy. I know, right? My husband <laughs> went through a stage of saying that too. And at the time, I thought that it was actually very advanced for him to have come around <laughs> to it is what it is because he was starting to grasp the concept of acceptance. Whereas previous to that, he was very much... Um, judging situations as unfair or fair or just or unjust and um, difficult or easy, whereas when the whole it is what it is, verbal patterns started to emerge with him and I'm going back, you know, probably eight, nine, maybe even ten years ago now when he used to say that, but I remember thinking, oh, finally this like chip, 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 chip away at him to get my my husband who is um, at his core quite feminine, very empathetic, very feminine, very flow, very collaborative, very emotional, but on the exterior is very masculine and you would never think that he was that feminine unless you sit down and talk to him for five seconds and immediately you know that he's a feminine energy. But um, I know when I first met him and um, we obviously our relationship started and just took off on a rocket when I fell pregnant six weeks after <laughs> we met. But that chip, 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 chip away to get to the point where he was saying it is what it is was actually me seeing him start to accept situations, which at that point was like the most masculine way sometimes of seeing a masculine energy or a man or someone who has that masculine energy start to apply some kind of self-love because they're not putting themselves through the suffering of um, being in their head and so they're just ruminating and all of that. Yeah, that's what I like. And when I I said it drives me crazy when my mat says it is what it is, it – it stops me. It drives me crazy because he's always right. <laughs> it really does stop me, like, because I'm always, you know, thinking about everything and he's just like, you know, don't, like you just said, you don't put, you, why put yourself through it all? It's, 
that's it. Yeah. yeah. And that's a very loving, a loving thing to do. And it's um a very it yeah. it's it's a it's a difficult um place to get to from a natural perspective for it to be the first thing that people do like for your Maddie to just be like it is what it is for for him to get to that point it can be quite difficult if it's not a natural thing for people Um, but it is a very loving thing to do for yourself very loving Mm. but it's on the scale and and you would not say that Maddie is perfect just the way he is because he's at the point where he (laughs) can say it is what it is Mm-hmm. But he is perfectly imperfect where he is right now. He he yeah. is sitting on a scale of expansion, and he's he's expanding in the right direction, which is good. Yeah. So, yeah. I think um, the idea of self love, um, there needs to be, and what I want our listeners to think about is. Self-love from the human perspective can look like cups of tea, long walks, chatting, um, being able to go get your nails done, your hair done, have baths, um, go to the go to the gym, go for a swim, whatever it is, do rituals, whatever it is that you want to do from a human self-service perspective. But I want everyone to think about self-love from a spiritual perspective is actually when you take a bit more of a masculine approach with yourself and realize that it's actually quite, it's a a huge gesture of self-love to self when we call ourselves out on our shit, when we call ourselves to show up in a space where we might not want to show up because we don't feel worthy to give ourselves self-love of saying no and having a boundary. So self-love from a spiritual perspective is is the, the yin to the yang of the human self-love, which is feminine. And also when you're looking at the acts of self-love that you just, um, you just sort of described, like going to the gym or doing things for yourself, it's interesting to look at the motivations as to why you're doing those things. Is it because you you feel as though you should be doing that or is it because you actually truly want to do something nice for yourself, you know? I think exploring the motivations as to why you're doing those things and, and you know, just making sure you're doing it to, to be kind to yourself, not because you feel like you should be doing anything. Yeah, that's right. And not just like caning your ass and um, like putting yourself through the ringer to, to, um, to prove something. Mm. And that's, that brings me like, that's a great, um, it's made me think of an excellent point that brings, um, I guess, the awareness of the, yeah, the motivation behind why you're doing it and why you're, um, you know, what are you trying to achieve out of it? And is it actually self-love or is it self-management? Because if you're stressed and you go to the gym to blow off some steam or you're stressed and you go out with the girls or the guys to blow off some steam and to chill out and to have a laugh, is it self-love or is it actually just bringing you back to a um, a, a level that is just a, a base level and self-love would would in that essence, I guess, instead be thought of as something extra that you do for yourself. So it's not a loving thing. It is self-love by adding extra in. It's like putting savings in the bank account. So it's like, it's a loving thing to, to do for yourself rather than just self-soothing or self-maintaining. Other than a yeah, not a self-coping strategy. Yeah. Cause that, that there's a big difference between yeah, exactly like you said. There's a big difference between a self-coping strategy being labelled as self-love. Like at what point does Absolutely. society yep. discount um, discount self-love by masquerading it as a coping strategy? Yeah. It's, it's, it's all interesting points to ponder, which is what we're here for. Yeah. Um, so what a – yeah, you go. And then, well, from the spiritual perspective – Um, yes. Digging deeper still. Yeah. You've got to think about, um, that 
self-love is going to feel different. Self-love is going to feel maybe a little bit aggressive or a little bit assertive depending on um, what you're used to, but um, it doesn't feel very loving to express love in a spiritual sense. To express self-love in a spiritual reality, you have to be prepared to meet your ego. You have to do the shadow work, the dark work, the ego work. You have to um, talk. You have to explore. You have to meet your demons and your devils. Again, in bunny ears, um, you have to be willing to do uh, the things that other people aren't doing to expand and the things that you haven't done to expand in the past. And that includes not just your human experience, but your past lives, your whole soul in, in all of its um, incarnations has never evolved through that. And so it's going to feel like pulling teeth. It's going to feel prickly. It's going to feel um, scary and really Deeply uncertain. uncomfortable. 100%. Yeah. It's, and that's when I feel that for me, spiritual self-love is one of the hallmarks of knowing that I am being loving for myself in a spiritual way is that feeling of discomfort and being able to know that I've got strategies and tools and rituals and things that I can do to support myself through that discomfort instead of recognize the discomfort and then contract into ego of going, oh, no, it's actually self-loving and kind for me to avoid this discomfort and instead I'm going to go and have <laughs> a bubble bath and have a drink and get on Facebook or whatever and um, go and get a massage and get my hair done, um, whereas self-love. Tell myself I don't have to put myself through it all. Yeah, yeah. whereas from a spiritual perspective, self-love is putting yourself through it but doing it in a kind and compassionate way. And um, it is the yin to the yang. And it's a it's the easiest way to think about it, to teach it. It's the easiest way to think about it, that there are two sides of every coin. And one side is the human side and one side is the spiritual side. But you need both sides of it for a dollar to be a dollar. You can't go into a shop and have a dollar coin and then only have one side of the dollar coin printed for it to be valid. If the other side of the dollar coin isn't printed, it's not valid and they will not take it. You, it'll be a yeah, counterfeit dollar. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just sign up for the game of life and say, I, I only ever want to experience the good bits. Thank yeah. you very much. Uh-huh. That's all I'm here for. Yeah. You need to be able to, um, polish both sides, be aware of both sides, honour both sides, choose both sides, choose the heads and the tail of the situation um, and and embrace both sides of it in order to have true self-acceptance and true self-love. Uh, in, a, in a sense of when I say true, I mean from a whole perspective, not just a human perspective. Yeah. And so when you actually can embrace that self-love and that self-acceptance from a spiritual perspective, your human side actually gets much more grace and ease. When you can push through the difficult things and expand through them, what your human self gets is good karma and less yeah. struggle and it's much easier to express self-love and self-acceptance moving into the future and those discomforts are fewer and further between and they are less discomfort dis, they're, they're less uncomfortable because you trust yourself and you have faith that you're going to get through it because you've been there and done that journey of expansion and it's just growing pains and you know that you're not going to die you know that nothing bad's going to happen in fact it's the opposite you know that you've developed this resiliency, this strength, this grace, this ease, this trust in self, this faith in self. And sometimes it's faith in self and sometimes it's faith in greater powers and sometimes it's faith in both of those working together, which is where I'm from. You know, that, that's how I see it. There's the two parts of me working together and I have a tremendous amount of faith in the fact that I can make those two parts work together. But it's only because I was not afraid to do the self-love and the self-acceptance from the masculine perspective, not just the feminine perspective, which I was never very good at anyway. <laughs> I feel like we're the opposite in that respect, but I'm getting there, you know. I'm, I agree. I'm understanding the concept more and more, and I did scribble that this down um, before when we 
briefly cut out. And um, from from my understanding on, on what you're saying and how you're explaining it, um, it's it's self-acceptance and self-love from the spiritual side because you're showing yourself that you love yourself enough to take responsibility for your own growth and evolution. Yes. Love it. Even though it's very Hard. uncomfortable and unpleasant. It, but by doing that, by accepting that side and by by giving attention to that side and, and wanting to give it attention and, and just being there, just doing that is loving yourself enough to do that. Well, it's kind of the, the, the um, I guess, the, the, I guess the, um, I don't even know what it was, would be called or what to describe it, but it's what's behind the term tough love. You know, like yeah. as a parent. Cool, be kind. Yeah, that's it. As a parent, you know, of three children but two teenagers, to them it seems like a lot of Matt and, and I, our decisions for them are unfair or, you know, not cool or whatever. But, you know, that's mm-hmm. why we're the adults and that's why we're the parents because right now they're underage and we've got to make those decisions from a, a, a much more experienced and wise standpoint that we see the whole picture um, whereas they don't yeah, have that foresight. Ones. Yeah, they don't have that foresight yet. So it feels cruel to them, but we know that this is passing and that it might not feel great, but we know that you've got to be cruel to be kind or it's a bit of tough love because eventually on the on the the through of this expansion for them, they're going to come out the other side and they're going to be exactly like we all are. They're going to grow up and they're going to be parents and they too are going to sit there and go, well, sorry, child, we, we have to say no because we have to we have to give you some tough love. And so yeah, that, there's lessons to be learned. <laughs> yeah. And so that is basically the same concept that we need to think about and carry over on through to thinking about the spiritual side of things and the human side of things and thinking the spirit is the parent and the human is the child. And um, sometimes we have to go to the parent, the spirit side of things and realize that that's always going to be a place of tough love, but it's also going to be the place that it's going to turn us into the best version of ourselves. And it's going to continue to make us perfectly imperfect along our journey because the goal of this whole game or this whole human experience is not to be perfect. It is to expand. And not once did the universe or God or source or spirit or whatever you want to call it or our soul or our higher self ever say that you have to do it perfectly. There is the yin. That is mother nature is the perfection. We are the yang, the imperfection in this whole dance of being on earth. So to embrace the imperfections of the human experience and to trust that the perfection of Mother Earth is strong enough and um, abundant enough and um, just perfect, exactly how it needs to be with the seasons and the tides and the sun and the moon and the night and the day and and the animals and, and all of that. It is the perfection. Even the natural disasters. 100%. They are course correctors. You know, we have shit go down in our lives. Chaos. Yeah, Yeah. we have shit go down in our lives that are course directors. Mother Nature has natural disasters that humans look to as disasters. I don't see them as disasters. I see them as course correctors and I see them as blessing in disguise. I see COVID as a blessing in disguise. Yeah. And that's, it can easily be misconstrued when you hear things like that by saying that's sort of such an uncompassionate way to view things when lots and lots of people are dying and, and stuff like that. And, and that, again, is, is the human perspective, whereas at a, a grander scale and a much larger perspective is, is what you're voicing and where you're coming from right there. Yeah. Exactly, because devastation and to see, like, I understand it. I'm not, you know, like, I'm human like everybody else, obviously, and I'm as compassionate and as sad and as heartbroken as everybody else when there is a natural disaster that cause, you know, human devastation and wildlife devastation and, and, and earth devastation. Sure. Yeah. However, it's judgment. It's still judgment. It's that, that 
it is what I actually get um, where I sit with my judgment at this point in my life is that um, I feel compassion for the people who still see it as devastation. I see, I feel compassion for people who still see it as suffering and I feel compassion for people who um, lose their lives and have people that pass away and um, I feel compassion for them because they're at a level of consciousness where they don't see it as um, th- they. this is the game or the, the path or the contracts that they've chosen and that they've used their free will to experience it in this way. And it is a very difficult concept to grasp and it is very deep and it's definitely probably a whole episode on its own, if I'm being honest. And I really want to go into that because I know that I've had a couple of people reach out to me that are clients of mine that have been asking me to talk about that a little bit more. And I'm more than happy to do it for those who want to hear it. Um, but I, I language is so crucial when you, when you start to expand and, um, I love to talk and everybody knows that, but what you will all <laughs> <I hadn't> noticed, <laughs> but what everyone would probably also notice is too, is that I don't use flowery, flower, flowery language. And I don't use big words for the sake of using it because words don't impress me experience and conscious awareness and, um, the, the, um, the ability to see things from a broader perspective is what I want to hear about. And I don't, I don't care what words you use to get that across, just get it across. And it's the understanding, yeah. the underlying mm. message. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really easy to, to recognize when someone has that awareness, even if they don't have big words, like you look at people that come from, I mean, I was talking to a lady today who lives over in uh, Newport Beach in California, but she's originally from Indonesia and she's a Muslim, um, but she is almost like a twin to me in terms of the way that she is in terms of her perspective on the world and um, her spiritual relationship. It is eerily similar. It was it was crazy how, how similar wow. we are. I know it was blowing both of our minds, but... Um, you know, for her and and her culture, um, they don't. They're not. She's extremely educated and intelligent, but as as a kind of a a cultural rule, um, and I'm not obviously deciding that rule. And I, it's just only because of a lack of a better way of describing it in this moment. But the Vietnamese um, culture and and um race they're not the most highly educated in the english language or the western way of life and when they talk about their spiritual relationship it comes from smiles it comes from gestures it comes from really simple words simple language simple gestures simple actions simple rituals there is no flowery essence to it there's no showing off with I know this word that you know self-actualization and enlightenment and awakening and woke and that they don't they don't there's no <laughs> there's no need to impress with words to describe who you are and how you are they just simply are and when we look at words that are um uh, that come from a broadened or quite a large vocabulary um, which I'll admit, you know, way back in the beginning of, of my spiritual journey, um, I thought that I needed these big words to be taken seriously. And then I thought that I needed these big words to prove that I had done the work. And if I understood the meaning that I've done the work and I couldn't have been more wrong, but I know my intention behind it was pure. So I don't judge myself about it. I just, I'm thankful that that, that, that version of me wanted to do that and wanted to be so perfect about my approach (laughs) because it did lead me to some amazing knowledge and expansion opportunities and I wouldn't have done so if I didn't have that thirst for knowledge and whatever but um, words like devastation and words like um, critical and words like um, 
destructive and words that media words yeah yeah exactly those sensationalized words that Mm -hmm. are perfectly placed to elicit emotions and meaning and action and response they are actually really dangerous when it comes to spiritual work because um i will never use the word devastated yet i hear so many people these days just go i'm devastated so and so's got covid and i'm devastated i won't be able to go to this event and i'm devastated i won't be able to travel i'm devastated i have to give up this and it's like devastated really devastated <laughs> like do you Tad dramatic yeah and it's like pull back pull back. And I mean, I know I am a, this is happening for me, not to me. And people who are saying I'm devastated are definitely, this is happening to me, not for me. And so that I can usually tell when someone is in self-acceptance and self-love from a spiritual perspective on that, that, that head side of the dollar coin rather than the tail side of the dollar coin I can usually tell when someone is on that side because of the language that they're using and it's really simple language it doesn't it doesn't show off it doesn't it doesn't exaggerate it doesn't have any drama in it it's just words that get the point across and um when you think about divine time as well um, I don't have time to be fucking devastated. I don't <laughs> I don't have time to worry about um, about really irrelevant things such as describing words so that I can get my point across. You know, my vibration's going to get my point across because it's going my vibration where I'm at because of the two sides of the coin that I have done in self-acceptance and self-love is going to send a signal out into the universe and it's going to be manifested in my reality. So whatever my reality is day in and day out is a direct reflection of how I'm vibrating inside and that is for everyone. And so if your external reality feels devastating, and that's because inside you're using the word devastated quite a lot. And so if I see my life... Not only using the word, but every, like that, that feeling, whole energy. Feeling. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because talk is cheap. <laughs> 100%. So show me who you are in your vibration and your, like who your friends are and the things that you're interested in, the things that you spend your time doing in your day. They speak to me far louder than an impressive word would ever speak. And... Um, some of the greatest conversations that I've ever had with people are people who are just the most simplest creatures doing their thing. Um, and they're the Fijians, you know, they've, they've got it right. They've got, they know what they're doing. They're, um, it's just like, I don't want to speak if I don't have to. So I'm certainly not going to be using like three, four syllable words just to, to impress you because I've got better things to be doing with my time than trying to impress you with my four syllable words. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And look at the life that they get to live, you know. Um, there is an abundance of joy and laughter and family and and creativity and fun and gratitude and it's just it's just a great way to be. And I couldn't disagree. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> I could not disagree. When you think about looking at it from two two parts of the coin but then seeing it as one coin and a dollar is only a dollar if both sides are saying it's a dollar. Um, if we think about self-love and self-acceptance from a, from a human perspective, feminine approach, from a spiritual perspective, masculine approach, um, and that if you think that um, – you have quite a strong spiritual relationship or that you call yourself spiritual, yet you, after this episode, are realising that you kind of are only really tending to that human side of self-love and self-acceptance and maybe just dapping, dipping your toe in the spiritual side, that's totally okay. And now is the best opportunity to show yourself some self-love and just go, wow, I was meant to hear this podcast episode today 
And I was meant to have this awareness right here, right now, and lovingly allow myself to receive this message because this is my moment of remembering how to do this. And don't just go, oh, my God, I feel like a fool. And, you know, I've described myself as a spiritual person, but actually I might not. Like that's not what I'm trying to get across or what we're trying to get across. No, not at all. It's a big realisation to have if it's not occurred to you. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want anyone to judge themselves or think that I'm judging you um, if, if you're not looking after that that other side of the coin in terms of the spiritual self-love and self-acceptance because what we don't know we can't do and so now you do know and so now I hope you do and um there's no wrong or right way in how to do that and there's no timeline in how to do that we're, we're all in our own timeline and I'm definitely not finished because if I was I'd be dead so it's not <laughs> about achieving it there's no race there's no rush it's just like with self-love and self-acceptance from the human perspective, there's no rush to have a bath. There's no race to to have a bath or to pour yourself a wine or sometimes there is, but there's no kind of (laughs) rush or timeline associated when we look at the human side of self-love and acceptance and the fluffy stuff and the fun stuff and the feminine stuff. Like no one says, okay, you get to have a bath and go and get your nails done today, but you've got five minutes to do it, so hurry up. (laughs) <laughs> you know you There's take no your time achieving in this yeah, yeah you take your time and you enjoy it practice yeah and yeah and the purpose of it is to enjoy it and take your time and so that is one of the only things that translates over to the spiritual aspect of self-love and self-acceptance is that it can be very enjoyable and you can take your time so once you get used to it <laughs> yeah yeah but Time is actually not infinite, you know, in this human experience. It will run out. And so if you want to go even deeper, it comes down into the divine time and um, it, it becomes not wanting to waste it and wanting to seize the moment and wanting to delve on in. And that's where intuitive awareness comes in because if you're intuitively guided, um, you will know the next right step into self-acceptance and self-love from a spiritual perspective. Yeah, if it's resonating on any level, you, you'll you know. Hmm. Reach out. Let us know. Let us know how you're being brave. Yeah, it's for sure. It's, um, it's really interesting to hear people when they, when they start talking about what they're doing but also having realisations of what they're not doing. But it's beautiful to see them not beat themselves up about what they're not doing in the spiritual perspective, whereas when you see people in their human perspective, they they get down on themselves because they don't feel worthy of that self-love. And when you actually see people, in, and obviously I'm blessed to have conversations on a daily basis with people that are that are opening up to their spiritual self-love and acceptance. And when it's, it's just one of my favorite things to see the beauty that just happens in that energetic moment of a realization of almost the first application that is conscious and deliberate of self-love and self-acceptance from a spiritual perspective. It, it lands like I see it and I feel it land because it's conscious and deliberate and you, you can't like, it's priceless. It really, really, really is. So just know that hopefully what you're going to look forward to after listening to this in case it doesn't occur to you or hasn't before is opportunity for that to land and enjoy it, embrace it. It feels good. And what the universe gives you back is more feeling good. And so this becomes a beautiful experience that isn't work. It's (laughs) enjoyable and it's loving and it's kind and it's compassionate and it is accepting of all. Love it. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. You brought the goods. <laughs> I feel like I went on a rant. <laughs> well, you have a lot to say, but that's what we're here for. It's, a, it's, a, it's not a fluffy topic. It's a deep topic, and I think we did go deep. And um, our lovely listeners, I hope, I hope that's landing with you on some level. Um, and if it's not, listen to it again or not, whatever, whatever the hell you want. But there you go. That was our little, our deep dive and a chat about self-acceptance, self-love, self-compassion, 
on the human side and the spiritual side and everywhere in between. Mm-hmm. And if you're someone who is at the, the very baseline of human self-love and self-acceptance, then more power to you and go and make yourself a cup of tea <laughs> and have a bath. And absolutely. Yeah, you. we're all along there. Yep, yeah, exactly. absolutely. Without shame, without pressure, without anything. Mm-hmm. That's it. And even yeah. you do you. <laughs> that's it. And even even the ones that are the most spiritually advanced in their own minds still have to take that time to make themselves a cuppa and run a bath. So, yep, it is that perfect balance, that imperfectly perfect balance between the human and the spirit relationship, but recognizing that it's all just two sides of the same coin. And knowing what you need at any given time. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank Have you. Have you got any final words? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Just that I love our listeners and I'm so grateful and thankful. Um, and I'm thankful that I get to do this with you. Oh, sames. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Stay safe. Bye. If you'd like to send us one of your ghost stories or if you have a question for me or for Laura, send us a Gmail at tospsychic at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at turns out underscore she's psychic and over on Facebook at tospodcast.